0: The audio on the following episode is slightly glitched in a number of parts. We apologize for the poor audio experience.
1: If you don't understand your bottom line and your numbers and how much you need to make per day, you should not own a business.
0: From Swoop, it's Take the Plunge, a podcast about how business owners decided to stop what they were doing and took the plunge to start their own business. We take a look at how they came to that decision, what the, those first crucial steps were in getting their business up and running. My name is Kieran Brick, and I'll be your host for this episode. Uh, today, we're joined by Glenn Brophy, a hairdresser of 17 years between Australia and the UK. He then decided to set up Tribu Hair Salon and spread his wings and with his own concept. He's very passionate about the industry, customer service, and business, and we're delighted to have Glenn on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Aaron. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm really good. Um, I suppose what I'd be really interested to to know from you, Glenn, first and foremost, is when did you decide you're going to do it yourself, set up Tribune?
1: I decided a well, while I was going to set up my own business, I just hadn't really planned when or where. So obviously it takes a bit of time to get all those things aligned. Um, but when I did get back to the UK about two years ago, I went into a job and I wasn't exactly happy, just working like everybody
0: else and was mm-hmm. like, I think it's time.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so I pretty much, that's how it all came
0: across is. Um, and yeah. Was it just uh, a feeling, a moment, or is it just a general thing that came I think it was you?
1: just, it was time. And yeah. I knew it was time. I was like, I can't doing this over and over again. So
0: I, I think <laughs> everyone gets to that point. Yeah. And talk to me about those kind of first kind of couple of months once you'd made the decision, was it tough? Like setting up the business, setting up a bank account, all those kind of things, did it become easy to you?
1: Well, it's generally, I find the best thing is, as long as you're organized and understand what you're doing with business, it's okay. It's generally pretty easy. I'm not one of those people that will just jump in. So it's always... Make sure you understand what you're doing with your business. Setting up bank accounts can be done, but you also need to do a lot of research into everything. And some more companies. You also need to make sure you register your business so you can actually get these bank accounts and whatnot. So it's a lot of prep before you even start. Yeah. Um, And then the other biggest thing I found was just... Just trying, like, I was self-funded myself, so if you also, if you do need funding, then that's quite a hassle in itself, unless you improve something, that it's going to work. But when you're starting out, you pretty much, you're quite high risk. So you do definitely need to um, look into everything before you just go jump in off and hope for the best. So it's definitely, like, it is worth it. It just takes
0: time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I suppose talking about some of that preparation, was it, was it a lot of saving up if you were self funding the business yourself?
1: I, I started my salon with £3,000. Wow. That's impressive. So I still had to – I pretty much – the salon when I started, it was pretty much an empty room, and the plumbing cost 2500 <laughs> So I just had to ask the plumber very nicely if I could pay him off. Yeah, And then same with the colour company that I use. Yeah, I, You get a six-week account. So yeah. I just was like, right, I have six weeks to be able to pay all this stuff off. Wow. So you just have to, like for me, I had to keep working part-time at my old job mm-hmm. and then do, so I did three days there and four days in my salon just to start up.
0: Yeah, and and then okay so that's so fascinating £3, 000, you three thousand thousand pounds you spent 2500 pounds on plumbing you've taken a six-week credit line essentially for a load of coloring what did you spend the other 500 pounds on
1: i pretty much had to just use paint chairs and a mirror and pretty much just had to start it from scratch but as I like it. that's the thing my salon pretty much now it's taken a year, but now I'm like, finally, I can afford new chairs, and I can afford paint, and I can afford everything. So, but that's the thing; it's just you can do it on a shoestring. You just have to be prepared to be pumping money in for the next year yeah. into the business. So, yeah. but it's it's worth it. But I still don't know how I did it. Even I still am like, I don't know how I did it on three thousand pounds.
0: That's amazing, and um, and. And as you were kind of like balancing, okay, I've got this six week to pay back all this this color product, what were you doing in terms of getting those first customers to the door? Did you have a kind of book of customers you were able to go to or what kind of strategies were you using?
1: Well, I couldn't take my customers because obviously they were across London and in a different salon and yeah. yeah, they were basically funding it um, by working there and keeping busy there. Yeah. So what I did is... I used treat well, which is yes. the best marketing in the UK you can ever have for a new business. Um, obviously they do take a cut, but yeah. the reality is you when you have no clients, it is the best way to get people through yeah. your front door. So I utilize that and that actually gave me a great little, you know, yeah, pocket of clients, which just to build up and
0: keep yeah. building. Because when I was, I suppose, doing my research before this call, I first, when I was looking at Tribe, the first thing that that cropped up for me was uh, Treatwell.
1: Yeah, so Treatwell is the biggest marketing tool any salon could ever use if they utilize it to yeah. the full extent. Um, obviously, I don't. I still am on Treatwell, but I only use it one day a week. Yeah, so. Generally, now I'd use it for new stuff. Yep. And for me, I have like, we have our own booking system now. Awesome. So it means that way people book directly through the company. It works out better for us. But yeah, Treatwell literally is so aggressive. It works a dream. Awesome. And,
0: and talk to me too about uh, that kind of opening couple of months. How exhilarating or stressful was it watching those kind of bookings coming in uh, from, from Treatwell?
1: I think it was quite, it was both. It's very exciting to see that you're busy yeah. and also shocking that how can there be this many people needing hair done? <laughs> but then I also am like, there's 9 million people living in London yep. and there's not that many hairdressers, yep. so there's a lot of hair that needs doing constantly, so yeah. Um, I think I just, it took a while to accept it and go, it's okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to be busy. Yeah. So um, I think the first few months were a little bit crazy. And then we obviously had coronavirus hit, so we had to shut down. But I had been in four months by then. And I was like, I'm pretty much booked constantly. You got And when coronavirus hit i just decided to completely take the plunge and finish up my part-time job nice and then i have not looked back because i am so busy which is amazing so i can't complain Um,
0: and um what did you do during the kind of lockdown time
1: i like most people i sat at home and ate a lot of food (laughs) Um I didn't really do much to be honest, because we were shut hair yeah. salons were shut for almost four months. Yeah. So we um I don't know, I really didn't do much. I think yeah. there's only so much you can do. I went in and changed the floors in the salon yeah. because I had nothing to do. Yeah. Um and just kept going in and painting and cleaning and doing things to keep the salon ticking over. But yeah. Not a whole lot, to be honest. It's no. pretty much just like everyone else sitting yeah. around, kind of twiddling their thumbs. So,
0: <laughs> and then I suppose when when we got out of lockdown the, the first time round, um, what was the? I suppose how, how did it feel? No part time job, fully in the business. Uh, were you very excited? Were you nervous?
1: I I was excited. I was excited and slightly stressed at the amount of work that i knew i had for july and august yep. um obviously i was quite i i like to be organized so i was i would booked everybody already for all of july and august so the best part is i knew that there was money coming in and that takes up a lot of stress when you opened a brand new business so so that was good but yes, I've never worked so damn hard in my entire life after having 4 months off. So, it was amazing. Um and yeah, I wouldn't change it and I'm extremely glad that now Christmas is looking exactly the same awesome. all over again. Nice. And, so,
0: and hey, like how do you manage it in terms of managing your time because obviously if you're cutting hair or styling hair, it takes a huge amount of time. How do you manage it to do all of that plus run the business side aspect of it in, in terms of taking the bookings uh, managing the accounts?
1: With with the business side of it, I, do, um, I don't actually take phone calls. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a phone in the salon. Um, everything's done via social media nice. or people book in online via the website all by themselves Um, if people have questions about anything they either email or they message us on instagram Um, and i just in between clients get back to everyone um, and just keep it running and the business side of it's all online now like that's why we have zero if you if you have the systems set up it's actually quite fast i think if you were trying to do it all by hand yeah. that's when it takes time once you get used to doing something you can just I can just sit there on the bus and go through my paperwork yeah. on the phone yeah so um I just utilize my time as much as possible but I think people like don't be fooled <laughs> by the fact that you think you go into a business and you're not doing you go in from nine till five and you're finished mm-hmm. you're never finished there's yeah. always work there's always something that needs doing there's always something a bill to pay there's always something to just keep on keep going you know keep on top of so um i think it just comes with time and practice and the more you do it and the more you get into good habits the easier it is
0: um and you kind of mentioned you have various different bookings coming in whether it's online or via instagram how important is the kind of customer service element in all of those engagements?
1: I find that's vitally important. If you don't email people back, if you don't message people back, then you potentially could lose a client. The other option is if you are just slack with responding to people, then they're probably going to feel the same way about the service. Um, so I always try to respond to people as quickly as possible. Yeah, um, and just try to get everyone organized. Yeah, uh, it also goes with for me. It's also I find that if you keep on top things, it's not stressful. Yeah. Well, if you just let them sit there, and then you have a hundred messages, there's your whole day gone. Yeah. So it's all about just being proactive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The more proactive you are, the easier it is, and then customer service it i guess it goes hand in hand if you're proactive and you keep your customers happy um, you keep on top of their bookings then you know it's a massive mm. thing for um clients
0: and i'd imagine what a business like uh yours customer attention is is vitally important kind of what are the kind of things you look to do in terms to make sure that your customers are constantly coming back to you
1: i am a big believer in giving clients recommendations for their hair in the future you know i just find small things make a big difference like also you know tea and coffee giving good service actually talking to them about their hair and what they should be using mm-hmm. and you know still still being friendly but also explaining and teaching people about their hair um i find customer service is definitely one of the biggest things in my industry that um if your customer service is just shocking you're not going to get someone coming back Mm -hmm. um the other thing is you know it's equally if you give someone a really shocking haircut (laughs) they're not going to come back either so (laughs) you it's kind of they're the two things that i find that will really ups they will really upset somebody so um but yeah i find you know as long as you i think also being just genuine as well and making sure you're um you know, just trying your best to look after your clients, they will come back. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my ethos. Um, keep them engaged on Instagram, social media. You know, some, if one of your clients puts up something amazing, always send them a message saying congratulations, you know, just also being involved because on social media, you can have it, but you also, you know, you have to utilize it as well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about finding a space Um often business owners in uh, service-based industries struggle when it comes to that finding that first space because people have...
1: Finding a space <laughs> is the most horrible thing in this country. Um, I'm I'm Australian, so it's a bit different back home. It's much more straightforward. Um, when I originally looked, I found this cute little salon or space up in Haringey. Yeah, And it was the right price and everything. And then I had to speak to the real estate agent and was like, right, how much is it? How much do I have to pay up? And they were like, okay, you will need to pay six months deposit. Obviously, Wait. I knew I had 3,000 pounds in the bank. And I was like, I don't think I can afford that. Can we pay a month's deposit and a month's rent? And they refused and they wanted six months rent, six months deposit. So obviously that wasn't going to work. Um, I then started getting a bit more creative and looking at creative spaces rather than actually a shop front. So my salon is actually upstairs in a warehouse building Mm -hmm. um, where I was actually able to, I just emailed the company one day, a company that runs all these spaces and just said, I'm looking for a space and How does it work? And they were like, oh, it's one month deposit and one month up front. And I Mm -hmm. went, great. I can do this somehow. Yeah. And so basically I walked in to this space and I just went, yes, this is the one. I like it. You know, should be fine. Yeah. Um, The one thing I did learn that if you do need water, (laughs) please make sure you always check if that is already installed because yeah. your bill will be significant lower than two and a half thousand pounds yeah. to get water into a building. Um, but yeah, I just kind of came across it and it was in the area I liked and I just went, I think this is it. Um, so yeah, I just went for it. But it is hard and you have to be creative. Yeah, And if you're willing to be creative, The reality is you can always upgrade the space later on yeah you can always get a bigger shop you can always get a nicer shop you can always do this yeah but to start with you need to just find somewhere yeah that works within you know the realm of what you need it for
0: and how important is getting to know the local area uh within within where you where, where you decide to set up shop
1: i would say it is vital you need to know the sort of for my industry you need to sort of have a look around and see what's sort of around the area. Yep. For me, there weren't many hairdressers around my little area. Yep. Um, I think there's one around the area, um, but there's also massive amounts of brand new apartment buildings going up. So for me, I was like, well, brand new apartments, 500,000 each, there's going to be people that can afford their hair. Nice. So... I think you've got to research the area. You've got to know if your client base is there. If you think that it's the right spot, then it's a, you know, then definitely go for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you aren't sure, and you're kind of umming and ahring, and you don't think it's actually going to be a good idea, then follow your gut and probably don't do it until you've found the right spot. Um, There's no point setting up something, you know, it would be like setting up an indie bar in West London. Yeah. It's just probably not going to be the best of options. Not the trade. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of just got to look at the clientele, um, figure out will it be needed around the area and then yeah you then just i guess go for it
0: and yeah. um, i suppose kind of just looking forward a bit um as you say december is going to be looking like it's going to be a bit of a bumper month when we get released on on wednesday um when, at what point do you kind of want to go and, and grow up more, or are you happy just establishing Tribu, or what's what's the plans?
1: Well, wow. <laughs> um, I'm already potentially looking at opening one maybe in Manchester as well, Amazing. Um, and then I've already got a staff member starting with me full-time in January here. Um, And then potentially I'll put on two here and then I'll potentially open one up north um, because I have clients come from up north as well. Um, So that way they won't have to travel three hours on the train. They can just go to Manchester. So I potentially may be doing that next year Mm -hmm. um, and then keeping the salon the same small nice and just keeping it small but having two teams rather yeah. than having I don't ever want a big salon I yeah. like my little niche salons hidden upstairs yeah where people know where it is but it means it still keeps it nice and calm so yeah my I think for me I will potentially open one more yeah um, and then expand a little bit yeah but for me I don't ever really want a massive massive yeah um company and the only reason being is the amount of work Mm -hmm. people think it's going to be easier and to be honest it's a lot of work whether your company is small or big but you're obviously going to end up with more work the bigger it becomes
0: and in terms of identifying kind of talent that you want to get in and and work for you in tribu is that a tough exercise to get in or how, how, how you find that
1: well, it's a tough exercise unless you know who the people you're hiring. I think the best way to sort of approach it is you always have to give people probation period to prove, um, you've also got to give people the opportunity to learn and build up. Um, I always judge people more on their personality and presence versus the skill level. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always teach somebody to cut hair, you can't teach them to be a good person. So. If somebody comes in and they're a great person and willing to learn and the right personality for the clientele, then I would take someone on board more like that yeah. that I could send to more courses and train up mm-hmm. versus somebody that thinks they know everything and has no interest or no interest in the client. Obviously, my clients mean a lot because customer service is vital, I think. So if I've got somebody coming in, I'd prefer someone to treat the clients really well mm-hmm. and maybe not be the greatest hairdresser, but willing to learn and get better Yeah. versus somebody that thinks they know everyone and treat the clients like rubbish. So yes. it's. I think it just takes time and you've just got to get to know people. Um, and obviously... You know, you never know who's going to step through your door. Mm-hmm. That's my way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I know I've walked into jobs and people have been like, oh, you might be okay. And then I'm like, well, I do know what I'm doing. But yes, you never know. So yeah. I think I just kind of look at it from my past experiences too. You know, you just have to go with your gut and hope you get someone with those the right person mm-hmm.
0: and and how important is that kind of ongoing training element is is that crucial in, in your industry
1: training is I think for any industry you know you're never too old to learn mm-hmm. there's always new things you can learn um, training is always important I think it doesn't have to be formal every week training but there is always things that you can pick up and learn yeah um, even for me, I'm constantly learning about business, I'm constantly learning still about my industry um, and I think it's a I think you're foolish if you think you know everything yeah. yeah. <laughs> because there's everything's always changing so I think it's always crucial to keep doing training, keep learning and just yeah, keep improving
0: and in terms of kind of looking looking forward uh for for tribu when with your business have you projected certain milestones as to when you want to make that move up north or when you want to potentially look at that second option in in london or is it played as you see
1: i'm pretty much i'm i'm very much once the salon is sustained down here and you know i've got one or two people in place that are busy then it would be time i don't ever put a time limit on something i put it on more based on when the performance of the salon's doing well yeah. um i think if you set yourself a goal that's unrealistic say in six months' time, I'm going to open my second one and your first business isn't doing well. Yeah. It's a, not a good start. You should be focusing on the one business and then be looking to expand when that business is doing well um, versus, you know, it might take two years as opposed yeah. to one, but it means you've got a business that will look after itself and then you can do exactly the same all over again. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Uh,
0: and I suppose looking at your own business, do you do all the accounts yourselves or do you, do you get an account and oh, do it? Oh, no. No, no. <laughs>
1: I, so, I always look over my accounts because you need to know where you're sitting yep. on the business point of view. You need to know how much money you've made. You need to know where it sits. You need to know your targets. Mm-hmm. You need to know everything about the numbers. Mm hmm. If you don't understand your bottom line and your numbers and how much you need to make per day, you should not own a business. However, as I, as also it is something, I'm not an accountant, I then pass everything over to my accountant to do when it comes to actually that side of it because that's not my specialty. Yep. Um, I have no problem outsourcing things yep. that aren't things that I don't have time for. Yep. Um, I think you just need to be very aware of the numbers mm-hmm. as a business person, mm-hmm. especially your business, because if it's not doing well, it's not your accountant's job to tell you about the business. It's your job to know whether the business is doing well. Yep. It's their job to figure out how much tax and bills you have to pay. Yeah. So you need to keep an eye on everything. But you know, I always pass things on to my poor okay. accountant who has to hear from me. A lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Counseling come counselor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I suppose what would be really interesting is you mentioned TreatWell. Are there any other tools that you've used this year that have been really helpful as a first-time business?
1: Instagram is amazing. Mm-hmm. Instagram, TreatWell. I always think any. that's the main two I've used. Yeah. Um, TreatWell was great for getting it up and running, just Mm -hmm. to get my name out there. Mm -hmm. Instagram is vital for a business that's dealing with anything that you can photograph Mm -hmm. should be on Instagram. Mm -hmm. People look through it. People look through everything before they make a decision. Um, If they click on your Instagram and it's a complete mess, they're not gonna come. If, you know, they, click on and it looks amazing and they can see befores and afters and they can see what you can do um then people will then take it more seriously i find um so instagram to me has been one of the other massive um social media platforms that has really benefited my company
0: awesome Glenn thank you so much for all the nuggets and um, it's been absolutely brilliant to get all the insights as a first-time business owner Um thank you so much for sharing your story so far I uh, wish you all the best with Tribu Hair and continued success and um, thanks again for, for coming on today
1: oh my pleasure Thank you so much for having me